Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Soy Antonio, and it is a happy Wednesday to you on your Tony Basilio show. Glad to be here uh, along with you. It is a great day to be alive and well, and we're here, and we're now on Facebook. What's a, what's the Facebook um, page, Laura? The? Is it The? Oh, no. Tony Basilio Show on Facebook, and we're, we're getting an Insta. Is it Insta? We're getting an Insta account, so you'll be seeing us there as well. And uh, over in the uh, Twitter sphere, we got a lot to talk about today. Jerry Palm's going to lend us a hand coming up. This is his week. He, he plays uh, 51 for 1, and this is his week, his time to shine. Sean Sinclair's in here on a Wednesday. Today is his time to shine. Cinco, uh, were you at the baseball game le- yesterday evening, which is uh, which was a great game played in Lindsey Nelson Stadium? We left a little early. It got chilly. Yep. And she wanted to, she had her uh, get her delicious chicken strips and fries, and then she was ready to go. She had so, enough of that. She had enough of that. And then uh, I'm I'm glad we did leave early because uh, it was a great game and and well done, Boston College, but. Uh, there are certainly some chalkboard lessons for the boys in orange. Well, I was talking to a friend of mine today. Jerry Palm's going to join us. We'll talk about that baseball game. Um, Tony Valls joins us tomorrow, I guess about 24 hours from now. Matt Dixon just dropped a TLD Logistics Short Porch, an emergency podcast after last night. He just wanted to uh, talk about the game and get a few things off his chest and, and also just celebrate. What a what a great baseball game that was, and the way those Boston College kids came and fought Tennessee. And hey, get ready for it. That's what you're going to get from everybody in the league. You are their Super Bowl. Uh, Florida is going to be looking for some get back after what Tennessee did last year, putting the helmets on. And uh, Vanderbilt, even though they're not the Vandy of old, is going to be looking for some get back. And you guys strap it on every night. And the moral of the story is is that the margin for error with this team is so much thinner than it was. And last year when they were running and running like wild banshees around the bases, it was fun. It was cool when you when you make the third out uh, on base. This year when you do it and you have trouble like this team does uh, at times, I mean, this team last night left the man on third with nobody out a couple times. They've done it several times this year. I mean, they, they've, they've, they've had all kinds of... All kinds of running issues uh, this year. In fact, they've had they have 13 base running outs in 14 baseball games, which I mean just can't happen. So, Sean, there's certainly um, when they're looking at film today, there's certainly a lot to learn from last night's game. But their margin for error. I mean, they got to clean this stuff up, Sean. They do, and they're they're still an excellent team. Make no mistake, yep. they're. They may have been overrated at two, um, but they're not, gra- ga- um, you know, tremendously overrated. They're, that pitching staff is still incredible. Um, uh, I think the, I think we've got to figure out. I think they will close to, probably this weekend. Figure out that outfield that I, some of the balls that are hitting the ground are just oh. ridiculous. Oh, um, I think that you're going to have to see that, with all due respect. The experiment with getting the upperclassmen out there, to my eyes, is not working out. Um, 
Dylan Dryling's a freshman, and he's got to be out there. Um, if you're going if you're going to live with if you're going to live with um, you know learning the SEC in the outfield, then you might as well have a consistent stick. And some of the older guys just are not coming through. Um, Poor Booker couldn't even get a bunt down. When it mattered, I mean, no offense. I mean, when it mattered last night. Come well, on, we man. Got, we, You're a speed and, guy and, with and, a hole in your bat. Get a bunt down. You can get a bunt well, I'm down. Sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure he's a great kid, but we've had three years of talking about Gosh. what kind of natural talent the, the guy has, and yet the production just does not does not equate to the to potential. So, uh, And Dryling comes up, and not just him, but this uh, you've got – you got arguably, arguably one of the better hitters I've ever seen in Blake Burke up there. Christian Moore's incredible. Uh, Maui Hunas, the the best defensive shortstop in in three or four games that I've ever seen at Tennessee. Um, you got a third baseman in in uh, in uh, Zane Denton, who's like I said before, he's just clutch. Uh, I don't know what his average will be, but he just seems to he seems. Now we've had a lot of pop ups in the infield, which I can't explain. And I think they're going to have to. And I know this is not a popular, uh, popular thing, but that they're going to have to find a place to put Jared Dickey. Uh, I don't think he's an outfielder. Uh, I, I keep hearing about how fast he is and all that. I, I don't see it. Um, but he's a tremendous bat, and so and I'm not sure he's a leadoff batter. But once uh, once once coach gets this all squared away, that lineup and gets a consistent. You know, one through nine, well, we're going to do some damage. We're not last year's team. I think we probably compare more to the year before. Yeah, that, that team went to Omaha, I believe. Not saying this one will, but uh, when it warms up, those those three pitchers, and then you have Lindsey, yep. and you have Joyce, and before, you have again. Hey, before you before you get on your baseball roll, we'll, we'll tackle that. I got to get Jerry okay. Palm in here. He's lending us a hand. His time's tight after this. <laughs> Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or parksmotorsales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. 
Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. 
Coming to Star Theater in Pulaski, The Play That Goes Wrong, March 3rd, 4th, 5th, 10th, and 11th. When a ragtag theater troupe attempts to present your basic murder mystery, everything falls apart and quickly descends into a rollicking comedy so bad, it's good. Showtimes are 7 p.m. March 3rd, 4th, 10th, and 11th, with a 2 p.m. matinee March 5th. For tickets, visit StarTheater.org. Don't miss The Play That Goes Wrong, March 3rd through 11th, at Star Theater, east side of the square, downtown Pulaski. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. All right, so a very pleasant surprise. No Jerry Palm. Hey, Brian, you can't say that on the air. But Jerry uh, didn't answer, Brian. Very pleasant surprise. Yeah, disappointed that in that. Did you watch a Charleston game last night, Brian, which was going on concurrently with the Vols? Tennessee also yeah. needed the Zags to lose last night for seeding purposes. And not only did the Zags not lose, they doubled St. Mary's score. They beat well, St. Somebody Mary's just, like they were mad at them last night. Somebody just told me St. Mary's had a chance to win it all, and then St. Mary's goes out and has that done to them, which maybe they still do. I don't that know. sounds like but, a Nashville Lee take. Yeah. Uh, College of Charleston would have been in danger of becoming the first team to win 30 games in a season and not make the tournament, but they took care of business, and they are projected to be a 13 seed. They the were, latest Jerry Palm projection. They were down seven with nine minutes left, and it was not looking too good for them. And they went on like a 16-point run or a 17-point run, and they are the most unathletic 30-win team you'll ever see in your life, which is code for white. But they're very well, unathletic, they, It's Brian. code for not playing much of the schedule, too, I yes. guess, when you, when you think about it. No doubt about it, Brian. You're speaking the truth. I'm speaking the truth. We're speaking the truth. Cinco, before we, uh, I, I guess we're going to try, I don't know, we're going to try and reconnect with Palmy or, or we missed our window with Palmy? It's a busy time for the man, Tony B. Cinco, let me ask you a question. I, I put this on the blog today. Let's get here. By the way, 865-200-5402. And we're pretty wide open for you today as we were yesterday. So if you want to jump in, jump in. Uh, yesterday we talked about what's expected of this basketball team, which I ran a bunch of that today on the blog, some of your responses. So if you got through to yesterday's show, chances are you're going to appear on the blog where I give kudos to Rogers Church for that incredible service. Uh, we're, we are um, eight days out from the beginning of the tournament. Today the SEC tournament begins. Here's today's tough question. SEC is going to assign Tennessee three permanent opponents in football. Here are your choices among uh, what's being discussed. Choice number one, Alabama, Vanderbilt, Kentucky. Choice number two, Alabama, Vanderbilt, South Carolina. Choice number three, could those be any less spaced in the block? I mean, what are we doing here? Anyway, meditorializing. Uh, choice number three, Alabama, South Carolina, Kentucky. Brian Hartman, I'm giving you the first. Oh, is that Palmy? That might be Palmy. Hang on one second. Good morning, Tony Basilio Show. Good morning, Tony Basilio. Hey, Jerry Palm. How you doing, brother? I was just 
commenting a second ago on your absence and and how much I was going to miss you today, and and what a pleasant surprise, man. Well, I'm sorry. You know, I I need a secretary this time of year, and uh, so I got uh, I got a little mixed up, but. Uh, I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to disappoint you entirely, Jerry. Those are called office managers in 2023, bra. Oh, is that what it is? I see. Oh, I'm kind of an old guy. So. <laughs> I still use old terminology. Hey, Jerry, uh, let's talk for a second here. Um, if that uh, team from Charleston would have looked like they were going to lose that game last night, set third TV timeout of the second half, they were in big trouble. If they would have lost with their 30 wins, would they have been on the outside looking in? Yeah, well, he wouldn't have had 30 wins, but oh yeah, one of them doesn't count because uh, they have a non-division one win. Oh yeah, uh, um, so 29. Yeah, it uh, 29 and four, they would have been out, and it wouldn't even been close. It wouldn't have been much of a discussion because they don't have any quad one wins, right? No quad one wins. Well, that has nothing to do with it. Their no. schedule ranks as of but before the game yesterday. Their strength of was 335th out of 363. So the record. For the the lowest ranked strength of schedule for an at large team is yep. two twenty nine. That team was actually Charleston in I think nineteen ninety four. No, yeah ninety four. They had the lowest ranked strength of schedule to ever get an at large bid. So the first year I did brackets, um, and the the funny thing is twenty nine and four would not even be the school record for the best winning percentage left out at Charleston because they were 22 and 3 in 96 and missed out. So, and that's a better slightly better winning percentage than 29 and 4 would have been. So, uh yeah, they're just their strength of schedule is, is so poor that they they wouldn't have really gotten much of a discussion. They had to win. Jerry Palm appearing on the TLD Logistics hotline online tldlogistics.com and uh so Jerry, here we are. Tournaments are beginning. Um who to, to whom are these uh, tournaments extremely important right now? Let's start with Michigan. You have them in. Some have them out. How close are they to being out if they don't have a good showing in the Big Ten deal? Well, their uh, first game with Rutgers is an elimination game. Okay. So the team that loses is out. Uh, the team that wins lives to fight another day, but they're not guaranteed anything other than that. Uh, but the team that loses uh, will not recover from that. They'll they'll, they'll be out. Somebody is going to take their spot. All right. Who else? Uh, who in the Southeastern Conference is this thing really important to? Mississippi State would be would be the team most uh, in doubt of making the tournament. Uh, trying to say who do they start with? Mississippi State has Brian's got it. Uh, who do they start with, Brian? Who state? I believe they have Florida. Florida, Florida I believe. Yeah, Florida. Uh, so I, Florida doesn't help them. I mean, that's not a tournament team. You know, that's that's really a, a game where, you know, nothing good can come from it other than you get a shot at Alabama. Now, something good can come from that game, but that's a tough pass. You know, the, they'd have been better off as like a, a 10 seed or something so that they're not going through Alabama right away. But, you know, that's, that's the draw they have. So they have to go through Florida, um, win that game, take their chances with Alabama, and, you know, see what they can do. Um, a win over Alabama would be huge for them, uh, but you, you know you have to keep in mind that you know the only sure thing is the sure thing, right? Um, so the farther they go, the better teams they can beat. You know, the better their chances of getting in. Uh, but the only guarantee is winning the whole thing. Yeah, last year Tennessee went through, won the whole thing, and didn't even move off a of seed line. So sometimes <laughs> you wonder what's valued. Then again, a lot of it depends on what happens around you. Exactly. Uh, and, it's and, not just. 
Yeah. It's not just about you. Yep. So. And that's true on the bubble as well. Yeah, and that makes total sense. The only sense. thing that's about you on the bubble is winning the tournament. Anything else, you're suspect to the whims of things happening in other places. So, in the Southeastern Conference, anybody else in danger of uh, with a bad showing of, of not getting in? I don't think so. I think Mississippi State is the only team that's truly on the bubble. Auburn and Arkansas playing each other kind of helps. Um, so I think both of those teams are okay. I, I, the loser is not going to like their seed. Um, and then, you know, Vanderbilt um, would have to make a run. Uh, you know, they're, they're kind of on the fringes of the bubble. They'd have to make a run. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't think anyone in the SEC other, other than Mississippi State is in danger of missing out that, that's currently, you know, close to the cut line. You have how many SEC teams, Chair, right now getting in? Um, eight, I want to wow, say. that's incredible. Counting Mississippi State. Yeah, counting Mississippi State, it's eight. Wow. So seven or eight seems to be the number, depending on what they do. Yeah. Um, you know, that's... It's a weird. It's a weird year in the league because there aren't a ton of great teams, but it's but it's pretty good. Yeah. So um, you know you could make the case well, in Alabama. You've had teams yeah. Strange years too, like A yeah. and M, yep. for example, which was terrible in non-conference. Yep. Played a bad schedule, took a couple bad losses, and then all of a sudden starts running through the league. Um. So and, you know you got Arkansas, what had. Mm-hmm. You know, their best player out for 19 games. Mm-hmm. You know, now he's back. They're still not gelling yet. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to learn to play with a guy like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're running out of time to do it. But, I mean, that's a team that if they, you know, when they get in, I assume they'll get in. You know, like if you're if they're in an 8-9 game or something and you're a 1 and you see you have to play Nick Smith, it's like, oh, jeez, <laughs> what I do is deserve that. Because that's a guy that can just, you know, almost beat you on his own. Not Obviously not on his own, but... As one of those guys that can take over a game. Does Tennessee, you and I talked about this last week, it was fresh because it had just occurred. Does Tennessee need to um, prove itself this week a little bit without ZZ? They played pretty well against Auburn there, but then they didn't score in the last 6-15, which right. doesn't exactly portend to um, you know to close a tournament game because that was against a right. middling tournament team where you'll see an Auburn seeded. So do they have to prove themselves here? Um, it wouldn't hurt, yeah. I mean, they're, you're not going to see, like, if they lose their first game, and I don't know who that is off the top of my head, or who it could be, because um, I know they have a bye. Um, you know, if they end up losing their first game, right. you know, the committee might take the lead and say, well, you know, this team isn't quite the same without it. I mean, they're not going to throw the rest of the season out, obviously. You know, everything is still... The thing, but they might just put a little bit more weight, just a little, on these last couple of games. You know, on the impression that they have of them without Ziggler, uh, and um, and we've seen that before. Um, we've seen like one seed line movements. Um, there were some, you know, pretty obvious examples in Kenyon Martin and Robbie mm-hmm. Hummel. You know, but uh, so this would be a little more subtle. You might not even notice what consideration that they give for the injury mm-hmm. um, if they feel like they need to do that at all. Jerry, in your mind right now, what's worse? The top of the field, the first couple of seeds in terms of just the strength of those teams, since you've been doing this, or the bottom, the, the bubble? Because people I talk to you say the bubble's so soft this year that there are teams vying to get in this thing. It's insane that they're alive. In years past, they would have been way eliminated a long time ago. How do you answer that? 
the bubble sucked every year. That you know, people just kind of remember what's going on now. Um, the bubble got softer when they the eight. Then okay, we've added four more teams. The bubble got softer, and it's been roughly the same every year. Uh, the thing that's different is the top of the bracket because the top of the bracket, normally you've got two, maybe three teams that you just know. They're one seed, there's anything you can do about it, and they are probably going to the Sweet 16 and there's nothing anybody can do about it. You know, that they're that good and, you know, have been dominant over the course of the season. And this year, with the possible exception of Kansas, Alabama, Houston, Purdue, UCLA, you know, whoever you like is number one seed. Mm-hmm. They're not sure number one seed. Mm-hmm. We've got maybe one. And Kansas just, you know, mostly because of the strength of their schedule, uh, they've got 15 quad one wins. Uh, for me, they've got to be the overall number one. But not because of their dominance on the court as much as their dominance of a schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that they did very well against a really dominant schedule. Uh, but they still have six losses. I mean, you know, Kansas looks, there are times that Kansas looks beatable. They just... You know, they don't overwhelm you like some of the teams that we have had in the past at the top of the bracket, and that's the thing that makes this year different. Yeah, I mean, I, Jerry, you sound like you're for a 96-team expansion. I am very steadfastly for returning to 64. That's how I feel about expansion. You think we're because we uh, the SEC commissioner is one of the people pushing it. It's all about money. Yeah. Are you? Do you think that's going to happen, Jerry? Money in that is, I don't think there's as much money in that as they think. I think you're right because I think they're going to walk. First of all, their sports already watered down to the point where the regular season doesn't matter. Let a hundred teams in and then get back to me. Call me in the morning because you really want to devalue yeah. your regular season. Because, What's the point? Who's going to watch? I mean, look, nobody's filling out a 96 team bracket or an 80 team bracket, right? Nobody's filling out a bracket till it gets to 64. That's what people do now. They're not going to do it any differently. So the so the the casual fans are not going to care about the first however many weeks of the tournament it takes to get down to sixty four. Just they they're not going to care, you know, unless you're a hardcore better or a hardcore college basketball fan, and even most hardcore fans aren't just. Do I need to watch a couple of under five hundred teams play? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just waking up when it gets to sixty four, and that's. You think you it's know, going to happen? Are they going to expand it, Jerry? You think that's what they're going to do? Nah, I don't think it's imminent. I don't mm-hmm. think it's imminent, you know. And the funny thing is, like, well, you know, we've had it all, all these teams to Division One. They haven't added a single team to Division One that needs to be in the NCAA tournament because they're not adding. Those aren't the teams they're adding to the tournament. They're adding the teams that have been around a long time that can't win five. Those are the teams they're adding to the NCAA tournament. Yes, ridiculous. Jerry, um, our intervention didn't work last week. We did a bracket intervention on here. I, I would have thought that I looked down at your that I would look down at your bracket this week, and I'd have seen the Purdue's a two seed, you know. But it didn't work. I, fe- I feel I feel like I failed. I feel like I've got my own ninety six team field going on over here. Okay. I mean, you know, I'm sure I'm probably the only one that still has Purdue there. Um, the only other choice really is UCLA, and you know UCLA has now won, you know, real high quality win Arizona at home, split with them, and I just feel like you know, when you look at the teams at the top of this bracket, wins. Um, you know, it's just it's hard for me to see 
you know, UCLA at the top of this bracket right now. But you could subjectively just look at UCLA and say, you know, that's a really good team, and I like them. And that's how Houston's on the top line. So you do, that's a really good team. And Houston's number one in the metrics, which might have a little bit more of an impact on seeding than selection. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, why Houston's number one in the metrics? Um, Houston is number one because their average scoring margin pound people. is yep. it's more than five points than number two on that list. Yep. And and yep. the difference between number two and the team's five points per game behind them, that yep. team ranks 19th. Well, you know what? Tennessee's gained the system this year because they're number five in the Ken Palm stuff and way up there in a lot of these things. And the and truth they're is, they're high on that list as well too. Uh, because they pounded people they in the non-league. Yeah. They put it on people, and they put yeah. it on South Carolina a couple times. And people say, "Well, you know, it's people have this misconception, Jerry, that it's tapped, that it's capped, that the, no, that when it is not capped. These teams that had a game the system. Go ahead. It was never capped. Ever not once was as the net capped margin of victory. Not once. Yeah, even though in their language, it looks like that's what they're saying. It, for the first year, that's what they said. But the, the fact of the matter is, once you started using net efficiency, margin of victory is no longer capped. These teams are – I mean, that's why – one of the criticisms of Rick Barnes is, well, he doesn't he doesn't let his bench play. You know why? Because they know that every point at the end of those games mm-hmm. matters. It's all weighted. They knew, they figured out how to game this, even to the point where they could lose like five of eight down the stretch or whatever the number was. And um, and continue to stay right there, way up there in those computer numbers. Let me ask you this on yep. the way out here. So um, when when we're looking at this field and we're watching and you're looking at Tennessee, okay, who do we got to cheer for around us if we want to move up? Can we move up a line? You have the Vols on the four line right now, and I think they're probably toggling at the back of the three line to the early four line. I, I, I'm going to say you're accurate there. Um, it, they're somewhere in there. I think we'd probably all agree there. Um, from that standpoint, are there teams we need to cheer against and teams we need to kind of cheer to to get beat around us? Yeah, I would say the top of the Big East you would cheer against because I think at least two of those teams are ahead of Tennessee, um, and, and one might share a line with Tennessee. Um so those teams, uh, you know, Kansas State and Baylor in the Big 12. I mean, those are the you know the teams in and around Tennessee on the bracket where you'd have an opportunity to move up. Um, St. Mary's losing last night helped a little bit because they could have competed at least for a four. Um, so, you know, teams like that. The, the teams in the two to three range um, are typically are mostly the top of the Big East and just below the top of the Big 12. Can the Vols jump? Is it? Could it happen this weekend? Could they jump? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's there's room for movement. The further you get away from the top line of the bracket, it's most years this is this year isn't quite as true. But the further you get from the top of the bracket, the more alike the teams are. So yeah, there's room for movement still. Jerry, Either way, well, it's going to be really interesting. On the way out, if you're guessing right now, Tennessee is going to be a. Let me say this: they go one and one in this tournament. What seed are they? Four. Two and zero, or two and one, two and one rather. I'm sorry, two and one. They might still be a four. I, I don't know. You're not telling me who they're playing. 
So well, they're going to beat uh, Brian. Who are they going to beat? Mississippi. Who are they going to? Well, they did beat Missouri. They would have beaten Missouri, Missouri on Friday if they go two and one and lose to Bama, which is probably going to happen, yeah. by the way. Yeah. So they're probably still a four. They have to beat. They probably have to beat Bama to, to really move the needle. I mean, they could be a three because you. We're talking about seeding in a vacuum, and you can't do that because it doesn't depend only on you. Okay, it depends on what yeah. other teams do. Just get so, just get Creighton out of the other side. A buddy of mine told me that Creighton, what they are, they're really one of the best teams in the tournament, masquerading down there at the bottom of a line or in the middle of a bracket. He said they're a team nobody wants. I would agree. They're a team nobody wants. They were the favorite in the Big East. Yeah, he said know? they're and a they, team that they got some, healthier. They had some injury problems. Yep. And, yep. Uh, that's a team probably nobody wants. They're a really good defensive team as well. He said we don't want to see them. He said that'd be a bad. He said we will go home. If we see Creighton the way we're playing, yeah. oh well, that might be, yeah, especially if that's a point guard. Yes, because they have the they have the wherewithal. What about? Um, are there any? You know, this mid-major basketball is interesting. Yeah, I was watching uh, your boy Rothstein, you know, and he was shilling the other night for this is great mid-major ball, and it and the games are good. There's no question. Are any of those teams, Jared, going to beat anybody? Uh, yeah, sure, get... some good. Such as? Um, oh, uh, Florida Atlantic, um, Oral Roberts. Uh, well, they were good last night. Yeah, that's because they are good. Um, so, you know, if you need to uh, – so those are teams you definitely need to pay attention to. Um, Furman's but, pretty good. Yep. Uh, well, they're probably going to be something more of a 14, but yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's uh, they'll have a tougher road. But you know, I like Oral Roberts. I like Drake. I like um, Florida Atlantic. I like VCU. But those is um, is uh, the the Conference USA a one bid league? Yes, probably. Although Florida Atlantic, Florida Atlantic is the one team out of all of those conferences that might have a shot at an at large. Wow. So how many of the mid-major leagues are have a shot to get more than one bid as we see this thing play out? Um, the, you know, just uh, Conference USA. That's it. So gone is the charm, so to speak, because it's becoming more and more of a, of a major conference, which is another thing that's happening here as the major leagues sort of, sort of each year in the transfer portal this uh, Borzello piece that he wrote the other day from ESPN is really interesting about how freshmen have been devalued in college basketball to the point where the top 100 this year, literally like 10% of them, had any negligible impact. Really odd what's hmm. going on in major college basketball right now. Hmm. So Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, Purdue had two freshman guards start all year, so they had an impact. But, yeah, they weren't top 100 guys, though, because Purdue doesn't get too many top 100 Isn't guys. that interesting? Right. That's Actually, Brayden Smith might have been top hundred. Now that I think about it, one of them might have been top hundred guy. But um, yeah, we don't get a lot of those. Chair on the way out. Much appreciation to you. Um, and um, anything else you care to add as we get ready to watch this thing? Give me like a, a, a viewer's guide. Next couple days, what are we looking for? What are you most looking forward to? Well, I'm looking at the bubble. You know, so you know the bubble teams will be in action. Some today, some tomorrow. You know that, that I'll be paying as much attention to that because the the big boys don't start playing until tomorrow. I right. mean, nobody's the, all the potential ones and 
and most of the twos, I have Gonzaga as the two this morning. They're done, of course, but, um, you know, all of the, all of the top teams in the, in the major conferences don't play until at least tomorrow. And in the Big Ten and, and Houston and the eight American, you know, that they won't play till Friday. So, um, it's, uh, it really today's all about the bubble and tomorrow's probably largely about the bubble as well. First time since 1978, there will not be a Philadelphia team. Is wow. that crazy, or is that since well, 1978? It's not, it's not over yet. Villanova's still playing. Oh, Jerry. And they've been playing well. I mean, that's kind of a, a sleeper pick in the Big East tournament for some people, Villanova. I'm just saying, it's not over yet. I've seen how they're coached, Jerry. They are a sleeper pick. <laughs> Hey, I hope uh, if folks want to interact with you, how do they do so? And will you be on the CBS, the big show, on Sunday? And will you be nervous sitting in that studio? Um, I'm on CBS Sports Network, so, so the, I will not be on the actual show where they announce the bracket. I'm on the post uh, on CBS Sports Network and also um, Friday and Saturday, afternoons and evenings. Phenomenal. You have a Dwight Gooden, and you're updating your bracket how frequently over the weekend? Uh, as frequently as I need to. Um, <laughs> Too frequently. So, I mean, yeah, probably. Um, you know, it's certainly, I mean, it's still daily right now. Yeah. Um, you know, in the mornings or, well, tonight I might do it late night as opposed to early morning. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's still once a day. That's probably going to change maybe Thursday. Every, probably definitely Friday. Every time I have you on, you always elicit a re- Action. So, kudos to you for that. And uh, it'll soon be baseball season. My Phillies and your Cubs will soon be doing battle. One series this year in each ballpark because of our new scheduling. Because we have to play everybody now. I, I don't know why we're doing that, but we have to play everybody. Well, Aren't you looking forward to seeing the Cubs play the uh, Angels of Anaheim? Isn't that just something that you've got circled on your calendar? Well, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Otani. <laughs> well, that's a good point. I uh, have a... You know, they got they got a couple guys worth seeing. You know. I would say. I'm not but, so sure I'm as excited about Oakland necessarily, but, you know. Well, that's another good point, although I love their uniforms. Yes, I do, too. So now I'm talking myself out of this. Thank you, Jerry. Good talking to you. All right. Take care. Great. Jerry Palm, one more time. All right, Cinco, let's get back to it. Cinco, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Here we go, Sink. For Tennessee's permanent opponents in football, Sean, do you choose Alabama, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Alabama, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, or Alabama, South Carolina, Kentucky. What do you choose, Sean? Because here's what I'm hearing is happening in the league right now. I'm hearing the league is telling Tennessee, we're going to give you Alabama, Vanderbilt, and Kentucky. Or I'm sorry, Alabama, Vanderbilt, South Carolina is what the league is telling the ball. That's what I'm hearing. I'm telling you right now, I would rather drop Vanderbilt and keep Kentucky Period, end of sentence, if you force me. And if I were Tennessee, I would fight to keep Kentucky on my schedule instead of Vanderbilt. Who cares about Vanderbilt? That's where I'm at. That South, that, uh, that Kentucky series is a lot of fun for both fan bases. It's a little uh, I-75, 275, whatever that road is, corridor game, two kind of crazy fan bases. Um, and the Vanderbilt game, to me, is a throw-in. It, it is a relic to history. I hate to say that. But that's how I feel. Sean, where are you? I'm going to give you a choice again. Alabama, Vanderbilt, Kentucky. Alabama, Vanderbilt, South Carolina. Or Alabama, South Carolina, Kentucky. What's your choice, Sean? 
any of the three would be okay. I, I would prefer um, the Vanderbilt Kentucky um, simply because of history, simply because I think that Vanderbilt is an automatic win every year. Yep. Uh, I'm surprised being you have you have worked hard to establish your reputation as white flag pony that you don't agree with that. Um, but <laughs> I would def- I would definitely take um, South Carolina. Okay, and I went over there for the game, and it's a nice atmosphere and everything. But uh, I, I think the history of that is uh, I think you preserve all of the great rivalries uh, from the past. And not that they're rivalries or whatever, but look, you can, you have a, you have, you, you may go play Oklahoma, Florida, Georgia, Tech, whatever, yep. in a, in a loop, um, if you will. And I'd like that, I'd like that by game in Vanderbilt, quite frankly. Now, uh, but okay. I, I think yeah. that I, I, I assure you yeah. that South Carolina has a better chance of being a disruptor than Vanderbilt will ever be. Let me throw something else at you. If the league comes to you and says you get a choice, you get to play Kentucky. And this is what I'm asking the listener today at 865-200-5402. I'm asking you what your choice is off the top. So of those three scenarios, Sean wants, which is what I want. I want to keep Vanderbilt and Kentucky with Alabama on the schedule. But if you give me a choice and they come back to you and they say, okay, you know, we've kind of worked it this way, you get South Carolina. I would go back to the league and say, is there any way I will trade you Vanderbilt for the opportunity to play Kentucky each year? Sean, will you go with me on that? Or, or is you, would you rather preserve the Vanderbilt rivalry? Where are you on that? I'd rather have the Vanderbilt, right? I mean, again, if you're, okay, to me, you can't have it both ways. You can't expect, well, I believe you can't have it both ways in the fact that you want a, a very good game every week, and yet you're going to, you're, you're going to, the expectation is to make it into a 12 team playoff. Gotcha. You have to have, everyone's going to have three Humpties. Gotcha. We've established that. Okay. So that's three wins at home. <laughs> So then, and then we're pretty much going to take out the, the, the intersectional Notre Dame, the, the whatever. And perhaps there'll be a, they'll keep those preseason game or, you know, first week games for TV. And, and that's fine too. I, if we want to participate, that's great. But you got to have a game in there to give you some, you know, to, if, to, you're going to accumulate some injuries. Um, you got to do that. That's fearing nobody, but, it's plus also, really I mean, how point. can you, how can you stay, say we don't take Vanderbilt and you're, you're going to have Mississippi and Mississippi state play or Auburn and Alabama play. I mean, it just, you, you just have to have that in my opinion. I'm on my you know, uh, and I don't, and I don't see the big attraction of picking up South Carolina. What, why? What, what, I, do, they, uh, what do they give you at, what do, what do they bring to the table that Arkansas doesn't bring? South Carolina to me is the rivalry. I don't even know if it's a rivalry, but it's the it's the probably the conference game that's every that happens every year that I get the least excited about. I don't know how that is, but I'd, I'd rather have Kentucky, Vandy, Alabama. South Carolina's wallpaper, even in a year where they beat you. I mean, I still look at South Carolina. 
we should be really angry, man. We're going to get them and get back at them this year. We're going to beat up on them in our building. It's almost like that game didn't happen because they're wallpaper. And they have a down through the years. And if you're a South Carolina fan, I'm not trying to cast aspersions on y'all. But y'all are just, y'all been in the league 30 years, and you seem like you've been in the league five years. And, and I, don't well, think, I, I don't think I'm game, alone in but that. It was that. We all know what, what happened at that game. I mean, I give them credit. Uh, fine. You, they you walked through out. the I open door. It. Yeah, they walked through the open door. That's right. I mean, we, we that door, not only did we open the door, we showed them the way through it. Yep. And I'm not even talking about Hooker getting hurt, which was awful. Right. But, but and, and by the way, I want to say, I thought those uniforms were beautiful, by the way. Yes. I know we lost and got blown out and everybody will freak out. Say, oh, my God, we can't. We can't wear those because we get no. That's to me. That's stupid. I thought they were. I thought they were beautiful out there. Uh, but no, Vanderbilt. I mean, you have the you have the old you have the old the the, the whiskey barrel, the beer barrel, whatever. Yeah. Hey, that's still cool. And I'm not talking about drunk driving or anything like that. I like uh, I like playing the game every other year in that Bandy Stadium. And taking it over. Bring back the barrel. We'll I think that's like a, a celebration of, of fans that can't and, really come to okay, Neyland. Brian, let me throw, get to go to that. All right, Brian, and, we'll throw, annual, gonna, and we we had our tough times with Franklin, but we all, I mean, I, I don't know if that's Franklin. I think that was Butch Jones and some of the other humps we had as the head coach. But he but, took uh, advantage of a pretty pretty advantageous. Sure, but I would say you know you got to get thump and a Vandy just for the. Legacy of, of George Caffigo. There you go. And some, some traditionalists would say to me, Tony, cannot believe you, of all people, are on here today saying you'd rather play Kentucky than Vanderbilt. But I I think the Kentucky series, I think those games are just more fun. But, but I get, now I'll say this. The playoff system is coming. Sean's right from the standpoint of, you, everybody needs, you're going to have three built-in off games. You're probably still going to play one moderately difficult, I would think, non-league game. And, and then if you look at the way the, 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 the way the schedules are going to break in the SEC, they're talking about, and Nick Saban's openly complaining about this. So, so you're going to let Tennessee play the likes of us, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt, while we're playing Tennessee, LSU and Auburn, and the answer to Nick Saban is yes. Yes, that that's the answer. The answer is yes. That's what's going to happen, and you are going to shut your pie hole. Lee and you know, I think that's after. telling too because um, he has done his best to cry about that. Yep, and I don't. I, I think that I find it very interesting how the by omission he was just dismissed. By the league, by media. I mean, he had his time to throw his temper tantrum, and no one cared. Okay, Brian. And so I, yep. And I think it's great. And I think I think part of that is because whether they are whether they are history or not, you have to recognize the importance of bringing in Texas and Oklahoma in here, and how I believe the SEC is um, is respecting them a bit more than they should brian your boy hey brian look at my hat here man my hat is like all like it got put under some stuff and like dented in the front 
Is there like some starch or something you can put on a hat to bring it back to life? Because this thing looks like it's. Get, I'm getting ready to give it to Leroy. Shouldn't you uh, well, I, I don't know other than just throwing it in the washing machine and seeing what that does. I mean, what? No, 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 no Brian, you don't put a hat in a washing machine. What? I you don't, don't wear hats, I, do you, I, Brian? I don't wear hats much, so. Well, geez, Louise, you don't put a hat on. I'll tell you. This Kelly Green Eagle hat with the embroidered emblem, that thing is next level looking, but it's all like. I like that. Dented and matted and beat up. Anyway, Brian, let me get, let's do, let's do the tough question. Sean, you're a Natalie attired fella, but I don't think you're a hat wearer either. But do you, um, but you're not Falkley challenged. If I had your head of hair, I would wear, I would. Yeah, do, but do you, you spray don't have, this thing? You, look. Do I spray this? You don't this? have this. You, but you don't. You're right. I do have. I've been blessed with hair, but you don't have this Charlie Brown pumpkin head that I carry around up here. Do you? So do you spray this? Uh, what do you do there? How do you get that crease out of that thing? Do you put like some cardboard up in it, or do you spray it with? You something? know, I think you're sleeping on that a relaxed look. I think it looks tight. Interesting, Brian. Um, I've been called a lot of things. Tight ain't one of them. The SEC uh, is going to assign three permanent opponents, Bri, for the Vols. Who do you want? Alabama, Vanderbilt, Kentucky. Alabama, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. Alabama, South Carolina, Kentucky. Who are your three, Bri? I want the first one. I uh, I get more. I enjoy wins over Vandy and Kentucky more than I enjoy wins over South Carolina. And I look more forward to playing them that game in nashville every other year all right if they, and i do play in south carolina anywhere in any year if they I'll support I'll, I'll support that because butch jones i believe beat steve spear twice and i don't give a rip if they if they um come to you brian and say actually we're giving you alabama vanderbilt and south carolina would you be willing to trade uh, Vanderbilt for Kentucky. So you'd have Alabama, Kentucky, South Carolina. Yeah. South Carolina. Yeah, well, I, I... Or do you want to keep playing I, Vanderbilt I the, uh, regardless? I want that first option where you get both Vandy and Kentucky. I know that, but I'm asking you if they come to you, because apparently the league behind the scenes is telling, this is what people are speculating, that we're going to get Alabama... Vanderbilt, South Carolina. I would rather have Kentucky. Now, Sean says no. You got to keep playing Vanderbilt because you need a week off. Which I feel him. I feel. Where, where do you fall on that, Bry? I uh, I really doesn't. I mean, it. I don't know that it really matters that much between those other two options. It's talk don't radio. Have. Take a side. You're not buying a car, Carnes Motor Company. Good gosh, uh, Rob and Brian. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, I'd probably beating Kentucky. That being said, if I had to rank which which I enjoy the most, I'd have to say, you know, Kentucky might rank number one, Vandy two, South Carolina three. So you would trade. So them. I guess I would. Yeah, I guess I would do that. Because yep. Sean's right. If I couldn't have my way. A lot of the old heads out there are going, bad news, Cafago, bad news, Cafago. Basilio, you're a center. And I get that. And I just, I get that. I like the fact that they play Vandy in Kentucky at the end of the schedule every year. 
I wish they could go back to that. I mean, that's sort of that yep. tradition, and that's who the program is. That's yep. who we've been. They that's remember the identity of this program. They remember you to close the year with one of those two with those right. two teams back to back. Little sisters of the poor. Mm-hmm. What do you, the living listener, say at eight six five two hundred five four zero two? Brian, to whom will the volunteers play tomorrow in basketball, in your humble opinion, tomorrow afternoon? Who wins that game today? I uh, I think uh, Ole Miss is a seven-point favorite. Did I see that right? So Ole Miss is without their – they got an interim coach. Yep, no Kermit Frog. And, uh, God. They've been playing I, pretty well seven, without him. They've been scoring, yeah, laying, playing a lot them, freer. Them laying seven points. Them laying seven points really is uh, interesting, I think. Yep. And I don't gracious. know that I trust them with seven points. But, I you know. know, another thing I saw tonight is that how bad must they think Mike White is that that LSU team is favored over them by two. Well, somebody's got to pay the price for what Georgia football is doing, and it's Georgia basketball. Did you uh, – See where their basketball gym is like caving in, the ceiling's falling down, and they had to close it. If the ceiling falls in on Stegman Coliseum, that's called two million dollars worth of improvements. Sean Sinclair, speaking of which, speaking of the ceiling falling in, we went from number one in America, number two in your heart, Cinco, to the fifth seed in the SEC tournament. Do you have a thought? Well, I think we, I think we earned that slot, uh, and that's kind of a negative tone. Um, I'm never disappointed in the players, but I would have to think that would be a disappointing year up to now. This is a tournament uh, sport, so I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment on the year. Um, I think that um, injuries a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I, I think a, li- a I, I think even with all the injuries and how bad this league is this year, with horrible basketball, I still think a double bye at the worst uh, should have been the 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 outcome of this regular season. However, yep. you know what? This this team, for whatever reason, I don't have a problem with the shooting woes. I've got an issue with the roster construction. I've got an issue with the fact that whether they want to believe it or not or admit it, uh, that team, whoever put on the uniforms, didn't bring juice every game. Period. They just didn't. Why? I sat there and watched. Yeah. I watched Missouri. You know, just it, it turned. It looked like Bruce Pearl. I, I saw a number of just mistakes at the end of two straight game. You know, games that were just. Not excusable. Well, um, well, and and, I, and and here's the other thing, right? And I watch another five star play uh, have the impact of a two star. But you know what? He's one of the most impactful freshmen in the country. Jeff Borzello wrote a piece. We linked to it today. At Tony Basilio over at the T Club Team. We threw some highlights in there. He wrote a really interesting piece for the inside ESPN uh, portion of their website where you got the the, uh, prescription to get it. And the long and short of it is that freshman 
just don't have the same place of prominence in college hoops they once did. 35-star freshmen in the country in this current class in college basketball right now. Only seven average in double figures. Of the top 100 players in the class, of the top 100, only 17 out of 100 are averaging in double figures. Julian Phillips was third in the SEC Freshman of the Year voting, made the first team all-freshman team. Phillips, believe it or not, is one of the more productive one of the more productive players of his class in the country, which just goes to show you what's going on. And Borzello started out his article talking about a couple of these prominent spring events that are going on with all the top talent for next year's class and how many coaching staffs, many, are going to stay on their campuses because they're going to be recruiting guys off other teams because that's what they prioritize ahead of getting freshmen um, uh, on their teams for the coming season. In other words, the game is becoming more and more transient. The game is becoming uh, more and more, who can I recruit off your roster? When you come to play and we're doing the midcourt handshake, and we're playing these games, you know, before the conference, even in your conference. But during the conference season, hey, kid, hey, when your season's over, hey, when your season's over, I'd like to talk to you. Sort of like uh, how we ended up with the great pitcher from Georgia Southern. We saw him the year before, as you heard Evan Russell say. And Frank Anderson took him. And took him to the uh, till he he found his higher ground, according to great Stevie Wonder. Isn't that interesting, Sean? That that sport is changing that much. It is. uh, I would. I would. And I watched the. I watched Dolander pitch against us, and I. uh, I would have never thought that he would have this kind of development. I. He has natural gifts, uh, much more than his brother had, Uh, but I would suggest that you know the development here. But I. I, I think it's, and, and I don't think this is out of line. I, I, I think it's time for uh, college basketball and the NBA to look at the baseball model now, uh, meaning that if you you can you can go out of high school if you're 18, but if you go to college, then you have to be you can uh, you can be drafted at, uh, at 20, and that doesn't mean your third year, or it just means at 20 because I think that. Then you get some kind of commitment there. This, I, I've seen enough of the freshmen that they are here only because they have to be. And I don't think, I think you're getting a watered down version of what the freshman stars can be because nobody wants to get hurt. Uh, nobody wants to mm. be influenced negatively by a coach. Mm. Uh, there's always the thought that everybody has a, entourage now and i don't blame them when you're talking about first round money uh for a and, and julian fifth will, will be a first round draft choice this year no um, we'll see i would suggest that that's generational money and if you were a architect student or if you were a someone other student th- those families would do the same thing and so i i but i think it's it, i think it's time to 
stop this charade. I mean, the two best players. So Miller wins it this year. Yep. Uh, they can have their Shibway. The best player in uh, the SEC last year was the Auburn kid. No doubt about it. Uh, I mean, he was by far the best no, player. No doubt about it. Um, so there's th- those those kids are still out there, and it's neat to see them for one year. It really is. To your uh, point, but, though, to your point, it might also be that a lot of these veteran coaches, because these guys are one and done, are pouring themselves into these two- and three-year guys on the roster because they know these guys are just going to run around with them for a year. So why would I invest all this time in coaching them? I get out of them what they can get out of what I can get out of them. They get out of me what they can get out of me. We all are in this arranged marriage for one year. That's a really that is an interesting point that I didn't even consider that you just brought up. We'll kick that around as well as this other stuff we're talking about. I want to talk about the scheduling with you. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Second hour here. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? Experienced goldsmiths? Or true custom designers? Experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tillis Jewelry. We're this and so much more. Check us out at TillisJewelry.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tillis Jewelry, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chandala yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays 
on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursday, and Friday. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Come to the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Championship, hosted by the Columbia Breakfast Rotary Club, benefiting their college scholarship fund. Outstanding auctioneers from across the country will be competing to be named the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Champion. The event will be held at the Tennessee Livestock Sale Barn at 1231 Industrial Park Road, Columbia, Tennessee, starting at 11 a.m. Hope to see you there. 31. Columbia's own 7th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Tournament returns March 15th at the Ridley Sports Complex. Come see the Lady Volunteers face off against Austin P. starting at 5.30 p.m. Opening game, Columbia State versus Motlow College at 1 p.m. Food trucks on site and parking is free. Tickets are $10 and sold exclusively online at columbiatn.com slash midstateclassic. Or check out the City of Columbia Parks and Recreation today. The Mid-State Classic, March 15th. See you at the game. Are you betting on the SEC tournament in Nashville? Today at Action 24-7, use code MARCH to get a 300% deposit match up to $20 on your first deposit. Action 24-7 is Tennessee's only locally owned and operated sports book. Download the app or visit action247.com to start winning. Please bet responsibly. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. I got to get back to the phones, because that's what we do here. This is the geophysical year of the caller, 865-200-5402. Two lines are currently jammed. All were when we went to our timeout. So let's go ahead and we'll get the next one up. Dr. Sean Sinclair is here. We're breaking it down scientifically. We've got a ton to talk about. Hoops, baseball, and football all converging today on the program. Hello and welcome into our first call. You're live on the air. Hey, Tony, it's a melee of uh, revenue sports today. It's a melee today. It is a virtual smorgasbord cornucopia. <laughs> it's uh, Zach and Elizabeth. What's up, and, brother? Hey, uh, man. Uh, Dr. Sinclair, Brian, it's good to chat. Um, just real quick, I, normally yep. I talk about hoops, but, you know, being a being a UT student from 97 to 01, I've got, got football in my heart I'm, i've got a little bit of an echo i hope that's not a problem um, but uh, i like to see us keep vandy okay and south carolina just because i like playing down in south carolina okay for exposure I fair enough that's a dumb thing uh, you know what that's not a bad thought you 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 know sean for recruiting purposes we recruit the carolinas that's actually not a bad thought from him that's not a bad thought well, you know. what do you think cinco I guess that's right. Yeah. Um, we tend to get a lot more out of North Carolina, however. Good point. Uh, and South Carolina, I mean, that's, uh, you could say Jalen Hyatt, but Jalen Hyatt wasn't really pursued by South Carolina for or Clemson for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, North Carolina has always been a lot 
I mean, Sean Ellis, sure. Uh, but uh, no, it's, it's it, you know, you can't go wrong with either three. I don't think South Carolina is going to be any powerhouse. They never have been. However, they can produce more athletes than Kentucky and Vandy ever will put on the field. Always do. If you look at the NFL, that South Carolina always has, down through the years, a bunch of guys run around the NFL, and especially defensive backs down through the years. Been very good there. And typically, the, the, school, that's, the school that's always raped South Carolina uh, for talent has been Florida State. Yeah, they go in there and rake them up. Yep. Go, go ahead. Um, uh, oh, go ahead, Zachy. I, okay, and I think Georgia, I don't know if this is – this is just my wish casting, but Georgia and Florida need to start playing home and home. It's not fair. And this is my thing where yep. uh, we, we, Tennessee, and you've said this, and I've yep. said that we've all said this, has had the hardest schedule yep. of any SEC school because we play Bama, Florida, Georgia every year. And when we play Florida, we don't play it. Um, we don't play it down in the Georgia Dome. We play home and home. Great point. So, so those two teams have to play. I mean, I don't know if they're going to start making them do that. Well, those two teams are not going to play. Are those two teams going to play every year, Brian, under the new system? I guess they will. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they, they've been – that's like a traditional – Surely Texas and Oklahoma won't stand for that. Surely Texas, Texas and Oklahoma. Texas and Oklahoma have a home – they have their game every oh, year. Oh, that's right. Dallas, so ah, Brian's right. That, so that, now you got two of might, them. Uh, they might keep that in Jacksonville, given so what, Texas and Oklahoma. So why don't we all do that, Zach? Why don't we all do a game, if that's the case? Why don't we all invent a game where we just go and play uh, – where we just go and play somewhere, Zach? Why don't we just go do that? We play uh, Alabama at uh, Titan Stadium. Every year. Why not? Why well, I, I decree I decree that so. Okay, well let's uh, send it up to um, whatever uh, whatever SEC yep. dude's name is, and uh, I'm sure he'll go along with that. Well, the um, Byron uh, that that way uh, LSU Byron Wayne's doing every schedule. year in New Orleans. That that way we what we don't do what we don't do okay is we don't make Nick Saban come here and play every year uh, or every other year. So now Nick Saban gets to play us in Nashville, neutral site. And, that's equidistant. Yeah, I, That's equidistant between both schools. And that, that might bring him some joy in his yep. life. Uh, I he mean, could go listen to some live music. He likes music. That's one thing Saban oh, does. Yeah. He actually, a uh, friend of mine uh, knows him a little bit and told me that Nick Saban actually will go down into his man cave and turn up turn up some rock music and play it nice and loud. So even the Eagles. Nick, the Eagles, yep. Even Nick Saban has a little, um, what do we call this? Um, just a little, a little bit of soul to him, just a little he's bit. Got a little, he's got a peaceful, he's got a peaceful, easy feeling. I wonder what his favorite Eagles song is. I wonder if it's those shoes or sad cafe or uh, wasted time. <laughs> I'm sure it's something good. really dark and macabre. Uh, uh, right. Last resort. Yeah, I'm sure it's. <laughs> Let's do let's do a coach. You know, uh, Sunday in the summer. Yeah, we'll do that. What's their favorite remember song? Remember the story where uh, Baron Huber was talking to Saban about the Eagles the, no, during it, their 15 minute yes. after the after the season. That's exactly and right. And after 15 minutes, Saban looked at his watch and said, "Well, you know, he had him on that subject and he, he was enjoying the conversation. Then he looked at his watch and said, well, your 15 minutes is up.' Yeah. So Baron Baron tried to. He had like an like an egg timer kind of thing that he would only spend 15 yeah. minutes with the guys. Uh, Zach, this is a true story. Mm, yeah. This guy played for him, and Baron, I love you. It's a great story. And he had like an egg timer, and he and he bet his friends. He's like, I bet I can get him talking about music. I can fool him. I can get him 
He said, sure enough, he said, we're having an incredible conversation. The last salt went through that little timer thing. Those, whatever, they call egg, Sean, what do you call those things with the salt in them? And the salt goes from one hourglass? to the other. What is an hourglass? So the sands of time, sands of time. I sound like uh, Days of Our Lives. The sand's going through the hourglass. And Sabin, all of a sudden, in the middle of this great conversation they're has, having, goes, well, Baron, time's up. See ya. That's probably because his dad had one of those, and right before he was getting ready to say, I love you, son, the time would run out, and he'd be like, I love you. <laughs> That's great. Zach, thank you. That's copper card worthy. That's really personal and deep and profound all at once. Just a total rip job on Saban. Hello and welcome into our next call. It is your Tony Basilio show on a Wednesday. Hi. Tony Maury Hanks. Hey, Mo. How we doing, brother? I'm doing fine. I'm, uh, your your wife probably does that to you too. Puts you on a timer when she's uh, talking to you to keep keep that short. Uh, no question. Or she says to me, "I'm not one of your stupid callers." But exactly. that's another story for another day. Or she says, "Like I always hear, is just a long story, so you'll be quiet." So yes, you know, I was just calling in. You were talking about the portal and stuff like that. Yeah, there's another there's another story going on right now that you'll see teams, Tony that, you know, in the mid-major league, let's say the Mac or something like that, if a team, if a coach doesn't need to go to postseason play to keep his job or something like that, uh, they'll turn down going to one of these smaller tournaments, the CBI or one of the smaller tournaments. I'm not, I'm not saying the NIT, but to, because when they go play there, the, the portal's open. They're missing out on chasing kids at the portal. Oh, wow. So now I don't even want to fool around with a postseason tournament. That's interesting because I got to go get guys out of the portal. Wow. That's interesting, Mo. And so I've talked to some coaches this, this last week, and they're like, hey, if we, if we don't win the, we, we don't win our conference tournament, we don't get to the NIT, you know, we're, we're not going to go pay to play to a tournament. And number one, lose some of our other kids because they may get mad. And number two, more importantly, we don't you know when the portal opens, we're not there full time. You know what's great? You know what's crazy, too, Mo, about this time? And Maury Hanks, by the way, uh, NBA Scout of the Stars, also has his own uh, event that Tennessee played in a couple years ago and has for years and, and a former college coach as well, so he knows from whence he speaks. Another thing that's really interesting to me, when we start looking at the way the game is changing, and, and that Borzello piece, which you sent me, is just, it's mind-boggling how the game overnight, overnight, has changed. And I was talking with a, with a former player a second ago, and one of his reads on it is that these coaches are almost like, you know what, this is an arranged marriage, us and you for a year. I'm going to spend time with my development guys. But the thing that dawned on me yesterday after reading Borzello's piece is that I liken this to almost a poker game where these coaches draw these cards, right? And you really don't know what you're getting until they come on your campus. You don't know what – yeah, I don't know you as a person. I don't know your work habits. I, you know, some people are going to be compatible. Some aren't. Obviously, Rick Barnes down through the years, I mean, he's a guy that's not afraid to kind of, and for lack of a better way of saying it, throw a card back. But you think about, just looking at Tennessee, Barnes is like a mark of stability. That's one thing about him. That 
That's a very stable guy, very stable program guy. Two years ago, seven new players. Last year, six new players. Next year, six, seven, or eight new players, depending on who leaves. It's almost like, Mo, these guys are sitting there, and they're playing 13-card poker. They're allowed to have 13 cards in their hands. And, and some years, these guys are going to throw seven or eight cards back. I mean, it's crazy what's going on right now. Oh, no, Tony, it, 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 to me, the, the game of college basketball is in a bad, bad place. Uh, I mean, you've got some teams that just completely fell apart because of guys getting guys getting huge NIL deals. Yeah. And, you know, halfway through the season, kids look around and say, well, Johnny got X, and I'm not getting anything, and, you know, he can't play, and I'm your best player. And that's, that, that's happened around college basketball. Now that college, now that college players can have, quote-unquote, agents, you know they can they can talk to them beforehand and things like that. You have agents actually calling coaches and saying, "Hey, why aren't you playing Johnny? You know you're hurting his draft status." And a very good friend of mine has been to the Final Four. He's been to Elite Eight. He had to tell an agent like he didn't. He, he said, "Hey guys, I, I lost with him playing. I can lose without him playing." They wow. won a couple games and they called back and said, "You're killing his draft status." I said, "Well, I just want him to play hard. Once he plays hard, we'll, we'll talk about." You know him. Yep. And, and the old adage is, like, like my buddy just told me a second ago, parents are never happy. But like Sean said, when I introduced the concept of my inner circle into this, and now all of a sudden I got to deal with every Joe Blow in your inner circle, which is code for a couple of your quote unquote agents who really don't know beans from buckshot. At the end of the day, they really don't. Um, it's like the blind leading the blind in a lot of these cases. And, Mo, that's the truth. I mean, I'm speaking the truth there. That's another layer. That's why a veteran coach like Barnes, I look at him and I go, man, how much more? Because you see guys his age that are getting out of this deal because they're just like, you know what? This ain't worth it. I mean, I know I'm making $6 million, but I've already made my money. I'm making $6 million. I've already made my money. I've made enough for three generations. I'd rather go coach uh, whatever. Then full with this stuff. Without question. You're going to see, and also coaches that coach a certain way. Yeah. Like, I really believe in five years, coaches will not be able to coach players hard. And as long as you can transfer right away and the portal's open, uh, you won't see guys like Kelvin Sampson. I mean, that's what people that don't really know Kelvin Sampson and follow the job he's done at Houston from resurrecting that program. But he coaches those kids hard. He's on top, and he demands yep. things of them like Coach Barnes does. There's not going to be guys like that because as long as you can get up and leave, yep. uh, drop of a hat, uh, it, 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 it's a bad deal. And I also wanted to say, I was listening earlier, mm-hmm. um, uh, you weren't making any sense, but Sean said a thing about uh, how college basketball should be like college baseball. And I've said that for years. And I think in the next collective bargaining agreement, they're going to say that high school kids can go back to the – go back to the NBA, uh, and if that does happen, and it, this won't happen and, and because I think the agents have too much power, but they should say if you go to, if you want to leave after high school, great, but if you go to college, it's, to my opinion, would be mandatory three years. Now, if you could get it to be a mandatory two years, because in a, about two or three years, the college game would be a lot better and the pro game oh. would be a lot better. And Not even close. Uh, and, and But everybody says to me when I bring that up is that, oh, the agents won't let it happen. But I always come back at like this. Years ago, I worked with a sports agent, and we had about 10, 11 guys in the NBA. But it's the players vote on these things. It's not the agents. And if I'm a 
34-year-old player and I've got a one-year contract, I want to make sure as, as few guys as possible come in. I think the players would vote to have, have guys, you know, have to, if they can come out after high school or stay two years. That would mean less guys come, are trying to come into the draft every year. No, why haven't they? They've had several cracks at that collective bargaining. And they've had, because this is an NBA issue. People, people have a misconception that this is a college, this is a college basketball issue. No, 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 no. This is 100% controlled by the NBA, who literally doesn't care whether college basketball lives or survives. I mean, they really don't. That's why they started their G League Unite Ignite thing. And, you know, they like to train their own players. That's what they're kind of what they're telling you, the upper, the upper tier guys. And, and so, um, you, I just wonder, Mo, why they haven't already done that. Because I've always thought that. Why, I would want to restrict, especially if I'm in the league and I'm long in my tooth, I would want to restrict the number of guys that could take my job. No, I, I agree. I, I, I really don't know. I really don't know, Tony, why uh, why that hasn't happened. Like I said, I, I think you'll think you'll see them letting high school players come in. And for the first couple of years, it'll be out of control. There'll, there'll be kids that make mistakes listening to agents or other people they shouldn't listen to and come out and be like the Lenny Cooks of the world that put their name in and everybody says they're supposed to be good. And then when you start peeling it back, they're not that good. And they get drafted late in the second round or they don't get drafted. Um, and, and I, that'll, in two or three years, it'll, it'll straighten itself out. Hey Mo, uh, Sean Sinclair here. Uh, I always, always love hearing you. And, and by the way, I can't, I can't think enough about how you got your stinger back and how a few years ago uh, you were in a bad shape. So, amen to that. I, I've not been able, I've not been able to say that. So it's, it's, it's I love hearing you back to your norm, ripping Tony, and uh, that that chapter is behind you. So yeah, we need you. Anyway, the, I need you to keep me ahead. honest. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, so the, um, the, I wanted to ask you about the, your thoughts on the, the impact of the G League on all this stuff. I know we don't have a lot of people going there, but what, from my outside perspective, it looks like a lot of these hot shots, you know, that the NBA can just stash them over there. And that, the, frankly, the, the NBA has a lot more leverage over these young stars now because what, what are they going to do? You know they they they, well, they just they put them on these two way contracts. We've got a lot of Tennessee kids that have had have done that, and um, I just wonder if that G League is really affecting all levels of basketball right now. Well, first of all, Sean, thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. it was three years ago today the college basketball shut down. It was it was the Wednesday of college basketball, the tournament. Our my team at that time, the fifth and sent us home, and I came back from DC and. Ended up getting sick about a week later, so I appreciate you saying that. But it was three day, three years ago today that on Wednesday the college basketball shut down. But uh, about the G League, I think what the G, you no know, guys going into the draft don't ever think I'm going to the G League. But now having the G League and having two way contracts, they're extending how many guys they can sign. Uh, two way contracts, you can play fifty games of uh, fifty days on an NBA roster, things of that nature. But what I think slowed the G League down in one respect is that they had a team called the G League Ignite, and they would go and they'd get these kids out of high school, and they were going to pay them a lot of money. Well, the first year that came out, it, it, you know, some kids left there. Jalen Green and some, a bunch of other kids went there. You don't have to do that anymore because guys can go to college 
and make just just as much or more money from NIL. You know, so I really think NIL has slowed down one aspect of the G League in terms of their the team that they own called the G League at night that they're actually paying these kids. And so I, I don't think you're going to see that. But I also agree with what you're saying about when kids leave, you know, kids think he's going to be the 23rd pick in the NBA and he goes and the team needs to develop him, he goes to the G League. So if you're asking about that, I do think that part of the G League helping, but I also think it's taking a step back because kids can now go to college and make a half a million dollars, a million dollars in NIL money to where they don't have to go to the G League. Well, that's like the Phillips kid, right? I know Tennessee's already initiated a conversation with him in terms of if you come back next year, this is what we're willing to pay you. Mo, take people inside this because you scouting in that league. This is an interesting, and Maury Hanks is joining, by the way. Um, but the thing that's really, really, really interesting about the G League, because this was kind of shocking to me, I'll, I'll admit to you, when the McClung kid won the slam dunk contest, he made more money from that than he's made in the couple of years he's been in the G League. And basically they say that they pay those kids like seventy-five grand a year to play basketball, to ride those buses. It's not like it's a great live. It's not like it's a, a great life. You're riding buses from town to town, and he's down there playing in Wilmington. And if you look at some of the cities they play in, they're smaller-type towns. And it's almost like a minor league baseball existence. But they're, it's not like they're making great, some great amounts of money. So it's not hard for college basketball to compete with that. But the thing that a, a guy like a Phillips is going to mull in his mind is, if I get into that NBA system, I'll be able to get in somebody's organization. And that's what they sell those kids, right? That's what they sell those kids. We'll get you on a two-way deal. But really, if I stay in college, I'm going to make a lot more money, a lot more money. And really, it's not close, is it? Well, it, it matters. Like the, the kid you're talking about, the kid that played at uh, Georgetown and Texas Tech, he's never yeah. – he, he, at the best he's been as a two-way player, Tony. He wasn't drafted like Keon Johnson, at, you know, and these kids that get drafted in the first round, and they're guaranteed. They get four-year contracts, and two years of those are guaranteed. So, as Sean said earlier, that's three, four million dollars. You know, I'd never tell anybody that you shouldn't, if, if you're guaranteed to be a first-round pick, I mean, guaranteed, you've done your research, you can't turn that down. You right. can get first, you could... You know, you could your team could fall apart. You could have a bad year. Uh, something bad could happen off the court that you have no control over, and and then and then that four or five million dollars is gone. But but to be to leave school early and and be the fifty third pick, and then they give you a two way contract, and that's an exhibit ten contracts worth like fifty thousand dollars, and then a two way contract. Again, now you can stay in college and you can make a lot more money. So I think you're going to see kids. You know, think about that going forward. Where in the past, you know, without NIL, kids would just get up and leave. And that's where the Phillips kid is right now, Mo. Because I'm, I mean, I'm looking at projections on him. You know more about this than I do. Is he a first round pick if he comes out? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to guarantee it. I mean, I thought the guys they had in the past, Keon and those guys, they definitely were. Um, I still think at the end of the day, with his reputation and his and his his intangibles and his, his, you know, his physical tools. If you said to me, "Hey, are you going to take?" and you've got a, the twenty-sixth pick, the twenty-seventh pick, and you're going to take a guy 
you don't you're not really in love with somebody or you're gonna take a guy from Europe you're not sure about or you're gonna take this kid right here. You know, um I'm not saying the kids should go one way or another. I've studied him that, that much this year. But again, uh I think there'll be you know, he'll, he'll be talked about. I mean it's something he'll have to think about. The the point if, is the if, but if the he, point if he came yeah. back to school, Tony, if he came back to school, Tony and worked on his game and worked with the staff and things like that, um again, then you could play you know, you can say, Hey, I can play myself into a top ten, top twelve pick. That's the point. And I don't get ride the bus leagues. I don't play for sixty thousand dollars. I don't get thrown into hope a hope a land where I might end up on a roster somewhere. Because if you get in that second round, you're getting in no man's land, which is kind of. And, and I've seen a couple projections, and I know you get mad about those projections, Mo. We've talked off the air about that. Some people are projecting him in the next year's draft for that reason, and have basically taken him off the board uh, for this year's draft. Go ahead, Sean. I want to also ask uh, uh, Mr. Hanks, the, you know, we've had it both ways here, or seen the other side. We had Huntley Hatfield, who had his people, you know, be dismissive of what the, the experience was here. He goes to Louisville, and if that's not a train wreck, I don't know what is a train wreck. And I would imagine that that kid is, you know, he's got physical tools, he's got this and that, but he's got two years of a bunch of blah. Uh, that the NBA might be looking at. Do you have a Do you have a a comment or not on him particularly, but that kind of scenario as well? Yeah, well, the, the, the basically the grass isn't always greener. I mean, you know, if it, you know, kids got to do what they think there it is. But again, everybody, everybody, I go around and I'll go watch practices and mm-hmm. coaches. Some coaches, if they're dumb enough, will have me talk to their team. And I first thing I ask them. First thing I ask, how many guys think you're going to be an NBA player? And I was at a school, and it was an SEC school, and like eight of them raised their hand. And I said, well, coach, you said, congratulations. I said, we'll see you at the Final Four. And he, and, and he knew what I was doing. He goes, what do you mean? I said, gentlemen, you understand there's not a college basketball team right now that has eight guys going to the NBA. I said, and, that, and I'm not telling you not to dream that and work for it, but that's the problem with the game is that all you guys think you're much better than you are. And as the great Clint Eastwood says, Tony, and I tell you this all the time, man must know his limitations. Um, and, and, and that's the thing is where guys thinking, oh, I'm going to go here and I'm going to be the guy. As I told Tony, all these guys that are that are doing these rankings and stuff like that, it, it, they don't mean anything. You know, you go back and see, I remember, you know, I, and again, it's, it's more prevalent in football. But five star, five star. Uh, I remember when uh, I, I saw Josiah Jordan James first time. Really good player. I bet a lot of guys I golf and drink with that he'd be a three or four year college player more than a one and done. I still haven't been paid. And they talked about him being how he played point guard. He's got great point guard size. He's not a point guard, you know. And Coach Barnes has done a great job with him, and he's really developed and he's improved. And it's too bad he's been injured this year. But those rankings. And to me, if I was a coach, they would drive me nuts because coaches generally play the best players. I hear some of your callers, Tony, call in, he's not playing this guy, he's not playing that guy. I'm not saying guys are perfect, but they know who can play. Mo, you're the man. Much love to you. This well, tournament's going to be fun. You're going to be on with us Sunday on our special coverage when the brackets uh, come down, our special Garza Law 
Tennessee basketball overtime as soon as that bracket comes down. And I'll say this, Mo, you got more hoops knowledge in your little pinky than Jerry Palm does in his entire hand. Well, I, I, I hope I've got one thing about Jerry. I've never met the man. He's very good at what he does. I hope I have a better haircut than him. But also, <laughs> I mean, but, but Tony. Brian, are you going to let him crack on Jerry Palm's hey, whole uh, cut? We need hey, a what not. We, uh, we need a. Maury Hanks we is need back, a, baby. We need a uh, what not. Well, if he, if he can rephrase that again, he'd say, I got a better haircut than him and what not. Brian, that's what we need. He gave you a couple whatnots in this thing, Brian. What are you talking about? Are you not paying attention? We need more whatnots. One other other thing I have to say, I was listening to your show a couple weeks ago. And whatnot. And it was highly entertaining. You were listening, and it was highly entertaining and high level. Continue. No, you know, my mother told me never to lie, so I'm not going to say that. But one of your callers called in, and we need to have him be a regular. I don't know who he is, but... Billy John was killing Stephen Pearl, and any time that happens, I'm all for Billy it. John. <laughs> Stephen F. and Pearl. Thank you, Mo. Good talking to you. Anytime you, you're, you're poor Stephen F. and Pearl, he's the butt of so many jokes and just doesn't know it after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons and we run his dealership and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. 
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Tesco bars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. Join us on April 21st at 7.30 a.m. for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is going to be an annual event. It'll be hosted by the Tohee Golf Course on April 21st, starting at 7.30 to noon. Proceeds from this tournament will go towards the academic and athletic opportunities for our students at Columbia Central. Please contact Ms. Christy Smith at Columbia Central High School or Dr. Mike Steele, the principal at Columbia Central High School. Hope to see you out there to celebrate this amazing individual for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Tony B. back with you. It's a Wednesday. Race fans, race fans, race fans. We're going to do a TLD Logistics uh, today, Overdrive Overtime. And we got something special planned for you as well in the second hour, third hour rather, because Matt Dixon's dropped an emergency pod after last night. And I'm calling it, he's not calling it emergency pod. I'm calling it emergency pod. Tony Vitalo is going to be on with us tomorrow. What time is Tony Vitalo on with us tomorrow, uh, Brian Hartman? That would be at 11.10. So right off the you know, jump. So, Tony, I saw, I saw Matt Dixon and the, uh, the beautiful Mrs. Dixon there last night. And oh. I saw, and the thing is, the past two times I've ran into the uh, great Tom Marine. And I didn't know... Uh, 
I didn't know Tom's son was a uh, part of the baseball program. There you go. Yeah. He's the best. And we were talking about it. We we're talking Pretty about surrounding. how hard he works, and I said, "There you go. That's that's the life of a manager, baby. Hey. You're putting in your six to eight hours. You Tom's. better believe it." And and Chris Lowe's son Adam just came through that uh, program with Tony for four years, and you know the manager deal, brother. Ain't nobody handing you a free. You worked your way through school doing that. And there ain't nobody handing a manager anything. You talk about something that's not glamorous. That's a tough way to go. But uh, Reese Aroni is enjoying it so far. And uh, I'll tell you this about Matt. Matt comes back last night, fires me off a a really nice write-up, distilled viewpoints on what he saw, and then, then gets on his computer and records a 40-minute, that you'll hear, a 40-minute podcast that we're going to make uh, the, the world premiere of uh, coming up when we're done here. And the, the, this guy's hustling now, covering every game. We are giving you, presented by our friends at TLD Logistics, we're giving you incredible coverage of the baseball program, which I still believe they're going to have a wonderful year. I know people got used to the loud winning and all the things they did last year this team could go further than last year's team people say i'm being a sheep right now but they've got a bunch of stuff that they've got to clean up and sean i want to go i want to go through some of the questions that i'm going to ask tony vols and by the way eight six five two hundred five four zero two i cut you off earlier sean when you were on a roll because we had to get to jerry palm who lent us a hand off the top and we've had some, you know, guest-filled day today. We've had Jerry and then Mari Hanks appeared on the TLD Logistics Hotline uh, a moment that incredible. ago. Incredible. That was incredible by Mo. That was impromptu uh, by Mo. But I acknowledge, I acknowledge him dropping the knowledge on us. I love it. I'm for it, yep. not against it, as my brother Steve yep. would say. Yep. But Cinco, here are a couple things I want to talk about with Tony tomorrow, and you tell me if these are. Fair game or not fair game? You ready? Yep. Because I'm and, and Brian too. We're gonna we're gonna do a little. This is the kind of thing. Those of you, when we talk about our pre-production meetings before we do the show, I'm gonna let the listener now in on what we do. No matter where you're hearing us, no matter when you're hearing us, this is what we do. The the 45 or so minutes before we take to the airwaves, we discuss these things. Now, obviously. We haven't discussed tomorrow's show because that's with tomorrow's cast and crew. That's with John Adams, Matt Dixon, and Brian. So, Brian, this will be redundant to you tomorrow. I apologize for that. Is that okay, Brian, if we go ahead and do a little bit of this right now in light of, in honor of Tony Valls' appearance on here tomorrow? Yeah, I, I, uh, let's, uh, okay. let's kill it. Even though, even though Brian, this is going to be redundant to you and me, but I want the listener to hear, and maybe one day, maybe one day we'll bring Watson Brown in when he does film study with us, guys, and we'll let Watson do some film study in here with us. Maybe one day, Sean, because uh, Watson last year really took us under wings uh, with the film study, and, and maybe this year, because now we do it all virtually, uh, last year um, uh, through, uh, what's that uh, act called, like Yard Streamer or something? We have I don't know. Anyway. Whoever, I, I, I appreciate the great Vince Keller for setting all that up because yep. that, that man loves him some film study. Well, Vince Keller's taken fish under wings, um, and we'll talk about that at another point, but uh, shout out to Vince Keller. 
All right, Sean, here we go. Great bench teller, Tony Vitello, here we go. The base running issues are going to be discussed on here tomorrow, and here's what I'm going to ask him, and you tell me if you'd phrase it this way or not. Are they picking up Josh Elander at third base, the runners? Is he sending these guys, or are they running on their own? And let's drill down, Tony, particularly on Burke running the third with no outs last night when there's nothing to gain by taking that extra base. Sean, okay. is that a proper not, question? Not, Go ahead. I'm not Coach Vitell. It is. But the thing is that what you don't see, two or three years ago, we had guys getting picked off first base every every inning, it seemed like. We don't have that anymore, so that's good. And I don't know if we're running like we did, but we don't have that. I would dare say a lot of these mistakes are because we have so many new players that are not incompetent. I think, in fact, I think they're trying to make something happen. There's incredible competition, especially in the outfield. And I think you're seeing guys trying to fit in, trying to impress their teammates, trying to win a permanent roster spot. Perfect example. Pop fly over the past weekend, over second baseman's head, Christian Moore goes out into not even, I mean, he goes in the middle right field, right center, and the ball falls behind him. Okay, you have a, you have a brand new left field, a right fielder in Griffin Merritt, you have a brand new center fielder, and you have arguably one of the loudest leaders on the team in Christian Moore backing up. Okay, Jordan Beck would break his rib cage going through him to catch that ball. So how do we, so so again, because I'm going to get into that with Tony tomorrow. It, it, I think it would just, how it, it's fra- just how fitting we, in. How do we phrase the question? No, well, the problem is. Well, because I think Griffin Merritt's a left fielder by trade, and I think they got him out there right. trying to figure everything out. The, so we got, we're the, playing the, musical chairs. Basically, we're having outfield tryouts while these games correct. are going on. That's exactly what we're having. We're having outfield tryout. We're having catcher tryout. Uh, the, the infield is pretty solidified, and I think you have very – I think you have four very good uh, position players there. If I, I've been I've been surprised at Christian Moore how good he is with the glove. Yep. Ortega would boot. You know he was had a hell of a year with the bat, but yep. he would boot his share out there. Um, but he's but we've been very good there. Um, I still think that um, I appreciate what Kyle Booker potentially brings. I do. I appreciate because he's a friend of the program. What. Christian Scott has meant to the program. I think long term, you're going to have to see Dylan Dryling out there. I think you're going to have to see some Reese Chapman out there and see what they they can do. I because those again, guys help you with the stick, I, yeah. And and then yeah, you always again, have I don't defensive think, I don't think that, Yeah, I just don't think that. And I love him. I just don't think Jared Dickey's athletic enough to be an SEC everyday outfielder. He certainly is a high level bat. But I'm not so sure about uh, the glove. So on the Vitello thing, I'm going to ask about the base running issues. This next thing I'm going to ask him about, again, was a base running blunder. But, again, they got to clean these things up. And the reason they do is that this team just is not going to the margin of error last year's team did. This team is not going to go into the league and pound people 14-2. to two. And, and, listen, some of these things were going on last year. They were running in, running in the outs last year, and it was kind of cute. You know, playing on the edge last year was kind of cute. Hey, like somebody said to me today, this team has taken on Tony's MMA personality. I mean, that's why you're running the third there with no outs. That's what you're doing. I mean, you're just 
you don't have to live on the edge as much as they are. And we're going to address that on here tomorrow. I am going to ask him about I'm going to ask him, you know, do, do you take that film and what did you do and what do you say? Because this stuff is going to get you beat uh, in league play because you're just not scoring enough runs. I mean, they're leaving guys on third base with nobody out with regularity in these games. You can't do over that the, in SEC play. Week, we stranded a lot. We had bases loaded. A I couple times. Number. Yeah, you can't it, do that, Sean. One or no outs. Well, but, you know, I think, I think again, I think there's a feeling out process. Uh, Elander is an aggressive coach, an yeah. offensive coach. I like that. A lot of times, you know, it's the difference between, a, you know, a, a BB that's thrown right on target versus an overthrow, uh, which bails you out yeah. of uh, being aggressive. And those are things that are going to happen. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not worried at all. I, I think this, I think this, you know, they get a Huna going. Yep. He's a quality bat. Um, uh, I, I do think Griffin Merritt is tr- pressing a little bit. Uh, I still think Zane Ditton as a, I don't know if he's a four guy or six guy, but he's he's clutch, and then and they're going to find a way. They're going to so, find a way. So the safety squeeze on Merritt last night was a really odd play. There were a couple really odd base running plays in last night's yep. game. Um, Brian, Miss who signal. Miss who, signal? Who bonded the ball there? Who um, who was at the plate, Brian? Do you remember on the safety squeeze from Merritt? No, I I don't remember. Do you, Sean? It no. was the it was the other catcher. It wasn't Charlie. It was Stark. Other, I guess Stark. Cal Stark. Stark. It was Cal Stark. And he you know, kinda, another, thing, another yeah. thing people have to recognize is the fact that you've got Wyatt Evans, who is a big lefty. Yep. And you've got Sewell, who has the funky delivery, who hasn't been seen yet. So a lot of yeah. So a lot of you know, there's we've got a lot of guys in there that look the same. We got. I mean, it's. There are a lot of guys that throw 95 to 98, and they're right-handed. There's I'm not a back. whole lot yep. right now. you got Kirby, who's who's a complete outlier. Yep. There's only one. And so there's, you know, we, okay, there's very little difference between Halverson, Joyce, and the other. I mean, there there is, but to a batter's eye, not so much. I think uh, uh, I think uh, what Lindsey throws, uh, he throw, he relies more on a slider. And you got some of these other guys, but we are a right-handed dominant pitching staff right now of power arms i'm gonna okay, ask, you, yeah you can get used to that i'm gonna ask him about pinch running for burke because the freshman made an error uh in that spot in the ninth inning look there's nobody else he's over there on third i mean i get what you're doing there but if that game goes to extras which it could have you're taking your best stick out of the lineup i'm just gonna ask him about that is that a fair question to ask, or am I, or am I going to come off as nitpicky if I ask him about that, Sean? Oh, I don't think he's going to. I don't think he is offended or will dodge any question. I, you know, his his um his interview post game last night was pretty classic Vitello. I mean, he he'll let you know what he thinks, and and usually what he thinks is what we think. When are we getting Soul back? I'm going to ask him that. That's another thing you brought that up. When are we going to see Cam Soul? Yep. That's another question. Um, how long does he think outfield tryouts are going to continue? He said to me before the season, hey, I just want to warn everybody, our outfield is going to be in flux for a while. 
kind of be patient with us, and it might drag on into the SEC season. Sean, it looks to me like it's going to drag on into the SEC season. I think that's accurate. I don't think so. I think those decisions will be made uh, today or tomorrow, and I think this weekend series you'll see a uh, a pretty consistent um, uh, outfield. Call the and shot. Again, I, call, I think Dryden's got to be in there. Call the shot. What's the outfield? Go ahead. Call the shot. Jeez. I don't know because I don't know that you have a true center fielder. Oh. I, I just I, I don't know that you have a true center fielder that can go into the gaps and and bail you out, bail a pitcher out. Are there other questions to bring up for Tone tomorrow that you're curious about? Uh just the um just the just the 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 delicate arms of those guys has the, I think another thing is um, and he mentioned it uh, in the past couple of days. Um, are we any closer to having, you know, and Redmond Walsh was not a Mariano Rivera, but what I will tell you is that you could put him on the hill most nights mm-hmm. and you're coming out with a save. Mm-hmm. You may not like, I mean, you may have a heart attack mm-hmm. uh, uh, getting to that point, but nonetheless, he usually would be, you know, taking the ball from the catcher as, as a congratulations at the end of the game. Do we have anybody that's ready for that role yet? This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. So you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? Experienced goldsmiths? Or true custom designers? Experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tillis Jewelry. Wear this and so much more. Check us out at TillisJewelry.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tillis Jewelry, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, 
Echo, and Chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom of Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Join us Saturday, March the 18th for Columbia's Breakfast Rotary's fourth annual Shoot for Our Stars Sporting Clays Tournament. This tournament is a community benefit fundraiser for our fantastic local youth and veterans organizations. If you'd like to participate in this great event, contact me, Rhonda King, at 931-398-5511 or contact us online at www.facebook.com slash shootforourstars. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is Dr. Mike Steele. Tune in to American Steel, a weekly discussion of topics and events related to the challenges in our world. Listen as we examine the path to relevance and truth in our society and culture. You can catch the show on 101.7 WKOM at 7 p.m. on Sundays. Also, we can be found online at WKOM Radio or on Twitter at WKOM WKRM. See you on Sunday. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Are you betting on the SEC tournament in Nashville? Today at Action 24-7, use code MARCH to get a 300% deposit match up to $20 on your first deposit. Action 24-7 is Tennessee's only locally owned and operated sportsbook. Download the app or visit action247.com to start winning. Please bet responsibly. This responsible gaming message is brought to you by the Tennessee Lottery. When you play the lottery, it's important to play responsibly. Know your limit and spend only what you can afford. Set a budget and stick to it. And remember, as long as you're having fun, you're always a winner in our book. The Tennessee Lottery is a proud supporter of National Problem Gambling Awareness Month. 
To learn more about problem gambling resources, visit TNLottery.com. Fun is in full bloom, Tennessee, and the Multiplier Instant Games are buzzing in. These colorful tickets offer chances to multiply your wins 10, 20, 50, and even 100 times. It's a beautiful day for bigger and bigger prizes, and they're ripe for the picking right now. Find the Multiplier Instant Games today at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. I'll never forget the day I decided to go out for the football team. Mr. Banks, the JV football coach and my history teacher, asked me to stay after class. I thought I was in trouble. He said, hey, Darius, have you thought about going out for football? I think you'd be great. Fact is, I never played football. Fact is, I never had anyone tell me I'd be great at something. So, with no experience at all, I signed up. And a week later, I padded up and was running drills on the field. I never was great, but playing high school sports was one of the greatest experiences of my life. I was accepted by my teammates, and I learned that when someone believes in you, you can believe in yourself. Encourage a student you know to take part in a high school sport. This message presented by the TSSAA and the Tennessee Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.